We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Way. Tell me who can guard in this league. I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. It's Friday, March 29th, 2019. Alex Berutha here, and next to me is Shannon McEwen. Ken is not here. Uh, he had some family, I think he's on a family vacation, so he is enjoying time uh, outside of fantasy basketball. Uh, as always, just a quick reminder, this podcast, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We would appreciate a nice review. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of news, a lot of discussion today. Fantasy season is over for most leagues. Um, I guess this Sunday would be the final game for for most fantasy leagues. So we're not going to do too much fantasy talk. Uh, I guess to jump right into the news, uh, for the Bucks in last night's game uh, against the Clippers... Giannis collided with Garrett Temple, kind of running back down the court, fell down, clutched his right ankle. Uh, Giannis had been dealing with ankle problems before, and he ended up not returning to this game. Although the vibe, they, they make it sound like he could have returned if it was necessary, if it was a playoff game. Um, 
but he had a noticeable limp in the locker room uh, that was reported. Ultimately, he finished with 34-9 and 5 in 32 minutes. Do you have any concern about this ankle thing for Giannis, or do you think this is a situation where he's only been sticking out games because this isn't the playoffs, it's not that big of a deal, and you know, once the postseason actually occurs, that he's just going to play no matter what? I'm not worried about the ankle injury in that I don't believe it's actually a serious injury. And if they were battling for if they're battling for playoff seeding or trying to win the eighth spot in the playoffs, I think he would probably play through it. Yeah. Um, he is he has mentioned that he wants to play through it, but it's up to his coach, is what he said. Um they have a four game lead. They're locked into the number one seed. Um they're they're locked into the number one overall seed. Uh there, there's no way he doesn't sit at least a couple games down the stretch. Yeah, he should. Um, you know, you you might want him to play like one game, you know, just to keep him fresh. I don't even know if that's entirely necessary, though. It does seem like, I mean, anyone who's who's dealt with ankle sprains and plays a lot of basketball or does a lot of, or is just an athlete, knows that they can kind of come back. You can kind of like tweak it once in a while, but ultimately you're fine. Um, I think this is a situation like that. You know, there were a lot of headlines or like jumping. I think the big conclusions that, you know, he, this is part of like the Bucks being injured and it could all fall apart in the playoffs. I don't, that's not how I view it. Um, they, they have a back to back set on Sunday and Monday. Um, then a couple days off before playing Philly, one day off playing Brooklyn. Um, that Brooklyn game is the first game of back to back. And then a couple games off before the season um, finale. So you have two back to backs left mm. out of the final six games two time two in two stretches you have two nights off before the next game i'm gonna put the over i would put the over under at remaining games played for Giannis at three and i would go under i think he only plays okay. two more games the rest i mean we'll see if he, if it's on if it's there's no worries whatsoever you know he'll play four out of those six right but yeah. He's sitting at least a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. When you were gearing up to say that, I was going to say two and a half. So we're on the yeah. same page. Yeah. Like, um, you know, hopefully, I mean, for Bucks fans, they want him out there, you know, to see him play if they're at the game. But at the same time, you don't want him hurt for the playoffs. Um, but speaking of a team that is missing the playoffs, uh, we got an injury update out of Los Angeles. I think yesterday, the day before. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hart undergoes knee surgery. Um He's out for the rest of the season. Uh, it sounds like he'll probably be okay for next year, yeah, though. Yeah, like eight so, weeks, I think, in yeah, recovery time. It seemed like a pretty minor procedure, but anyone who has watched the Lakers play or seen Josh Hart, I mean, he was basically wincing every yeah. time he did anything. Um, so it's it's a little surprising that it took this long for the Lakers to make the decision. Um, but Hart's out. It's KCP time, baby, you know, like it has been for the past couple weeks. So – my question for you though about this is which of these young the young core for the Lakers which would you be comfortable trading for you know whether it's in real life or from a fantasy perspective do you have you soured significantly on the upside of all of them Ingram Ball Hart Kuzma even will you yeah. throw Kuzma in there like, um are they all lower? Do they all have lower value both in real life? Well, let's let's stick to fantasy from a fantasy sure. perspective. Long term outlooks for the for all four of those youngsters has their value 
went down this year? In, I think I think it has because you know for for ball, I mean for ball especially, he hasn't played more than he's only played two years. But last year he played fifty two games. This year he played forty seven. So he's dealing with that. Um, you know, I'm I guess maybe I'm the least worried about Hart just because his I mean his fantasy projection upside wasn't like crazy high to begin with. So I think you could probably buy low on Hart. You know, the Ingram shoulder issue, you know, the the deep vein thrombosis, that sounded potentially really bad at first. I haven't heard anything about it since. There seems actually to be a lot of optimism surrounding it. Um and so I'm I might be higher on Ingram. Like I think I still out of all of out of all of the Lakers players, I think I'm still highest on Ingram from a fantasy perspective, just because I think he can put up the most numbers across each category. Yeah. Um and be the best all around player. He before his injury, he really was coming into his own, started playing well with, with LeBron. Um it's too bad that he got hurt. Uh but you know, career high, eighteen point three points per game. And that's even, you know, like like we said, like he he was making a late season push. Yeah, yes. Like he had a disappointing stretch earlier in the year and he really ramped up. Um I, I'm still I I'm still disappointed that he I mean, he was hitting more threes right before his injury as well, but on the season he only averaged 0.6 three pointers per game, shot thirty-three percent. That's that's a regression from from the previous season. Um I like Ingram a lot. I mean, he's only going to be in his age 21 season next year. So assuming that the injury situation, he's in the clear there. Uh, he's still the guy who has the highest ceiling. Kuzma is just like a two-category guy that makes it impossible. He points and threes. What else is going to help you in? Might get some rebounds. But, yeah, I mean, Ingram had, like we mentioned, a rough start. But since December – since the beginning of December, he averaged 19.6 points, 5.6 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and shot 51% from the field. Um, that's pretty good. Now you're gonna the the main issue with him is gonna be can he hit his free throws because he shot 69% on free throws across that stretch. He also only made half a three um, per game there, shot 35%. But you never know. I mean, this is I he's 21 years old. This is a guy who we could look at as a most improved candidate for next year like really early i mean he still has that kind of upside in my opinion i know a lot of people are down on him he i think he gets i think the comparison to jason tatum makes people think ingram is worse than he is because everyone compares the two and they a lot of people like very much side with tatum i think it's obvious i don't think it's that obvious um but ingram's ingram's a good player and um i still think he yeah has the highest upside of the group I think it's fair to say that Tatum is overrated and Ingram is underrated. Um, I like both players quite a bit. Yeah. But um, the fan bases get a little bit ridiculous there. Okay, so if you're only picking one, if you had, if you could buy low on one of those four, actually, we'll just leave, we'll leave Hart out of it. Okay, makes sense. Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, you can buy low on them in a keeper league. Are you doing it? Is it worth it? Which one and, and would you? I would buy low on Ingram just because I think the narrative on him, like I mentioned, the narrative with people, the comparison for him and Tatum, I think kind of clouds people's view of Ingram's actual upside and people might be scared off by the deep vein thrombosis thing. I think it's worth the shot. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm with not, you. I think he could be had at a decent price too. Yeah, so think, I'm with you. I think so. Um, we saw Devin Booker, speaking of young players, went for 50 points in back-to-back games, both in losses. Not exactly surprising given the, the Sun season. Um, do you? I mean, this is a very broad question, but what do you see in, in Devin Booker's future? I mean, is he a guaranteed all-star for a huge portion of his career? Is he an all-NBA player? Can he be the best player on a championship team? I would be surprised if he's ever the best player on a championship team. Um, it could be a scenario where maybe there's like a 1A and 1B guy. Yeah. Um, but it's given his production in his age 20 and 20, 21 seasons last year and this year, it's hard to not envision him as a perennial all-star. It is, yeah. Uh, as a as a all-NBA guy. Because the type of production... I mean, the one issue is he hasn't played enough games either last year or this year. But this season, he's averaging 26.5, 4.2, 6.7 assists, which is easily a career high. Shooting 46% from the floor, 86% from the line, 32% from downtown. He struggled a little. He struggled compared to previous seasons from three-point land. But overall, like just absolutely stellar production. Yes. So there's... There's no way. I mean, there, he needs to get on a team that wins more games, but you would assume he improves from here. And if he does, then we're talking about, like, you know, once the team's winning, he's like an MVP candidate, like, with the, with those type of stats. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Um, it would it's, – it's hard to feel like he's not an all-star just based on, like, pure numbers. Um, and, you know, he does fall into a category where – I mean, the only players this season to average 25 points and six assists are James Hargan, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, and Devin Booker. And like you can, you know, you can cut stats off arbitrarily at any point. And obviously, Devin Booker is the worst player of that group. But he's at 22 years old. He's very capable of of handling this kind of workload and putting up big numbers. And I'm I'm in the same category as you, where I think he could be a 1A, 1B, or a 2 on a championship team moving forward. I mean, he's essentially already Kemba Walker. Um, Kemba Kemba would have fell into that category, too. He's about a tenth of an assist shy of 25 and 6. He's at 5.9 assists. But they're essentially, you know, production-wise, the same player. He's already there at Kemba's level in his age 21 season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kemba Walker... When Kemba Walker was 21, he was a rookie. Or even if we say Kemba Walker's age 22 season, he averaged 18 and 6 on 42% shooting, which is pretty close. That's It's worse than what Devin Booker is doing right now. And if, you know, I mean, Kemba Walker's been an all-star the past three years. It's possible he makes one or two more, if not three more. So I don't think projecting, I mean, if we put the over-under at Devin Booker all-star games at like five and a half, you, probably, you take the over? Five and a half is a lot. I mean, um, I mean it is a lot. I, I, I would, guess in the West, it's a lot, too. I would, I would take the under on that, but if we're putting it at like three and a half, I would take the over. I think that's fair. Um, So the season is close to being over. If you're in a season-long league, there's a fair chance against Sunday. But even though, even though the regular season is nearing its end, that doesn't mean your fantasy basketball season is coming to a close. FanDuel 
is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Uh, you just pick a contest, choose your team, enjoy watching the results real time. Did you play DFS baseball yesterday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a good day. You did? Yeah. Any, who was your MVP, if you remember off the top uh, of your head? Javi Baez. Baez. I, I stacked the Cubs. Um, he hit two homers? He hit two bombs. I had Chris Bryant hit a bomb. I had Eric Lauer was my pitcher on FanDuel. Mm. Um, San Diego Padres starter. He, he did well. Uh, yeah, it was a good day. I, I mean, min cash on FanDuel on uh, one of the other sites. I was in legit. I was a legit threat to take down okay. the biggest tournament. Nice. I think I finished in like two hundredth place out of whatever forty thousand. The difference between two hundred and like like fifty is not that big in those yeah. tournaments, though. When when there when there were about three innings left in the final couple games, I was like in fiftieth place and had a had a shot, but it basically. I would have needed one of my dudes to hit like two more bombs yeah. to actually win the tournament. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, even even if you're interested in playing DFS baseball, I mean, this is a great time of year for for daily fantasy sports. You got po- basketball. Postseason NBA. Postseason NBA. Well. Um, you got those great single game contests. Those are always great. Um, but FanDuel's great. You play against your friends for bragging rights. You can do private leagues, things like that. Or like Shannon was alluding to, play against the public for millions in cash prizes to take advantage of our special offer for new users sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw you'll get a free six month membership to rotowire with that's that's our agreement here with fanduel um and free free rotowire subscription yes for your ten dollar deposit that's all it takes um Check out FanDuel for details. Go to rotowire.com slash RW. Um, yeah, void where prohibited. All right. So uh, we just have some general topics we're going to run through here. To start things off, let's say you are in a fantasy league that has one more, maybe even two more weeks to it. Is there anybody on your radar, anybody that you are definitely targeting off a of waiver wire? To potentially win your league, make a final push, make the playoffs, or not make the playoffs, just make a final push here. It's, I mean, Christian Wood has to be that guy, right? Um, it, it's been, we, we actually, we've seen more Christian Wood and talked about him more than most folks probably have because of, because he was on the Bucks for multiple years. So we, we've known of him. He's been crushing it. Uh in the in the G League all year yeah. and basically like de- begging for a chance to actually do that in the NBA on Twitter, um, <laughs> so it's not you know it's he's not a huge surprise I don't think I mean given given the production that he had in the G League, if you if you're putting up those kind of crazy numbers, you're gonna have you're gonna if you're given the chance in the NBA especially on a team like the Pelicans who are horrible, and will just you know let you run loose, like you're you're going to put up stats. So I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I'm surprised at how great he's been in the past, the past two games, but like he's a legit double, double dude with defensive stats. Every time he plays 24, 25 minutes. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the answer here. I mean, over the past two games, he's averaging 24 and nine with three steals and three and a half blocks, uh, play 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know another player, that is going to go from the like 
he's probably not owned in almost any league, depending on when your waiver wire period was. And so, I mean, you're getting a guy obviously scoring upside, um, shoot some threes. He's only hit one over the past two games, but he shot five. And so he's he's definitely, I feel like he's a must pickup in almost every format. Yeah, he's he is a hot pickup right now in Yahoo, but he is uh, still widely available. A um, couple other guys I really like. I, I am, I'm crazy. I like Zach Collins more than Cantor. For the rest of the season. I don't think that's too crazy. Um, you might get some threes with Collins. He's a better shot blocker. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the shot blocking that really intrigues me. Um, and like you said, he can hit threes. Uh, percentages should be solid. I just, I think, I don't think Cantor's going to get 32 minutes a game. You know, it's going right. to be split somewhat evenly between him and Collins. Um, as we've seen, the, you know, with the most recent game against Chicago, Collins played 25 minutes. He had 13, three, and two, a couple threes, two blocks. Um, I think it depends. If you need the scoring and rebounding, go with Cantor. If you need blocks, go with Zach Collins. Yeah, and um, he's a solid passer too. So he saw 25 minutes in this most recent game, a first game with Nurkic out. Uh, he's seen at least 25 minutes in eight games this year in those games. 11 points, six rebounds, two assists, 1.6 blocks, just under a three a game. And shooting 65% from the field, uh, 85% from the line. So you know you're getting efficient scoring, shot blocking. Um, a slight bump to assist, probably not too relevant unless you're in a super deep league. Um, but those guys are, are definitely two standouts. Um, Here's another one, and I apologize if I don't get this name right. Josh Okoji. I think that's what it is. Um, over the past five games, he's playing 33 minutes per, averaging 15 points, four rebounds, two and a half assists, 1.6 steals, and that's really where the upside is. Also 1.4 threes. Um, but he's a big steals guy, especially with getting those kind of minutes. Really good defensive player. Um, you know, he, he, he's been playing all year, but routinely would see 18 to 23 minutes per game. That has... That's been elevated because you have Derrick Rose out, Jeff Teague's out. Uh, so you, it's basically Tyus Jones, Ikoji. Imagine like, if Wiggins both, wasn't taking 20 shots a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they're they're not nearly, you know, Covington's out for the year. They're not nearly as as deep as they were earlier. The Minnesota oh, not Timberwolves. At all. No. Not nearly as deep as they were earlier this season. And Koji's really the one benefiting from that. Um, I would absolutely scoop him up in any year any league and even like he's available in a lot of really deep leagues even yeah definitely a dynasty guy too yes um worth a shot on uh one name i'll throw out there is shaquille harrison for the bulls who are dealing with just a ridiculous amount of injuries um yeah, i mean chris chris dunn levine those guys got back and thigh issues uh porter's dealing with a shoulder marketing's already out for the year uh for steals shaquille harrison's the way to go he started the past five games and is averaging 2.8 steals and if you read anything about Shaquille Harrison what the team says about him what reporters say about him it's really that he's a great defender and even though he's 6'4 183 they will play him at small forward they'll play him on the wing they'll have him guard guys out there so you understandably you might be paranoid that okay what if Porter Levine and Dunn come back sure that's possible but I, f I still feel like Harrison's probably locked into at least 20 minutes 
And in those 20 minutes, he can definitely get you two steals. Here, here's a little uh, research tip with, with a lot of these guys. If you're playing DFS and you also have your season-long leagues, like notice the guys who see huge increases in their salary over the past couple games. If you notice guys like Okoji, Christian Wood, on FanDuel, they're over 5000 each now, whereas mm-hmm. both were like basically minimum price players at about four or five games ago. So, like, when if you notice that, that means these are guys you also should consider for your season-long lineups. So that's just something to keep in mind while you're setting your DFS lineups. Like, while you're doing that and doing research for it, it's also research for your season-long leagues. Right. Um, yeah, they kind of they can kind of feed off of each other. Um, I think I'm just going to briefly mention uh, Miles Bridges. Uh, he's had a nice stretch, five games. I he's he might not be a worth a pickup in every league but he's averaging over the past five games 13 and 8 2.6 assists 1.8 steals 56 percent from the field i mean i'm a guy i i'm really high in miles bridges in general so it's a little bit of confirmation bias for me but the hornets are just gonna they're they're full youth movement now he's playing over 30 minutes a night i it'll be interesting to see what the hornets do because they they are still they're still playing for the eighth seed in the east they're only what a game and a half out. Um, but that hasn't stopped them from giving Bridges minutes. I mean, he was, he's been starting for, for a while now, but very rarely cracked more than 25 minutes. And most nights was playing like a dozen. Well, the past five games, he's averaging 33, almost just over 32 minutes per game. <clears throat> and that's, I mean, at court, you got Zeller, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Zeller's missed some time mm-hmm. there. So that's part of it. But I I think they're going to continue to run him out because they've been really good. They've won four or five, four or five um, over that stretch, beat some really good teams. They beat Boston. They beat Philly. They lost to Toronto by one point in Toronto. They beat San Antonio. This is a solid team that's playing really well right now with Bridges as a big part of the rotation. So I'm with you. Uh, I might be higher on him than I am like any of these other guys we've talked about just because I think he's locked into 32 minutes for the rest of the way. Right. Yeah, he's a guy, too. He He's not going to tank your field goal percentage because he only takes shots that are within his... He's, he's one of those guys who knows his role. Um, he might only take eight shots in a game, but he's probably going to make five of them, um, that sort of a thing. Um, anybody else you want to touch on, or does he think that covers it? That covers it. We can move on to the next topic. So the Thunder, they were in third place in the West, as recently as March 3rd, uh, but they are 7-11. and 11. I think that's 7-12 and 12 now since the All-Star break and are in 7th. Not that the seeding matters a ton in the West, but just the fact that they have a very negative record here. If they match up against the Nuggets in round one, what do you think is the outcome there? What chance do you give OKC to win this series? Mm. I think... I think OKC would actually be favored. I would give them the slight edge. Um, I don't know. We talked about how Denver's really good home court. It's one of the legit park factors that, that's uh, out there in the NBA. Um, but just that that veteran, you know, the way Paul George has played this year, you've got Steven Adams, Paul George, Westbrook. I understand Denver as veterans too. Will Barton, you know, Millsap, those guys are veterans, but Outside of Millsap, no one else really has playoff experience like the guys on the Thunder do. 
So I would give the edge to the Thunder, but I do think it's a toss-up. I agree. I think it's mostly a toss-up. I lean Denver, so I gave OKC about a 45% chance. So we're kind of in the same boat. My worry is that the shoulder injury for Paul George has resulted in him shooting like 40 under 40% from the field. And that if the thing that was separating OKC from being a top three seed to being basically a borderline playoff team was Paul George playing at a actual MVP level, then I'm worried. Right. If Paul George has to play in an MVP level for this team to be a top tier team in the Western conference, then I don't have any faith in them because that's not a long-term strategy. It's very possible they sit him a few games down the stretch to try to get him healthy for the playoffs because it's a crapshoot where they end up, you know, whether it's five, six, seven, or eight. Um, they could end up in any of those four seeds. And for them, it's probably just their best off making sure Paul George is healthy for the playoffs. So, I, I mean, he's questionable for tonight. And I was actually operating under – when I was setting my DFS lineups last night – I was operating under the assumption that he wasn't going to play. That's a very that's a fair assumption to make. And that's not to, you know, I think also it's it's going to be if, you know, if OKC, actually whoever plays the Nuggets, the narrative is going to be more about the team that's playing the Nuggets, I think than the Nuggets. Unless it's the Clippers. That's true. I think the Clippers are the only team like cuz there could be an there's an argument to be made if it's Utah, if it's San Antonio, OKC, that it's basically a toss up. You know, like I think Denver would be favored still against San Antonio and the Clippers against OKC and Utah. I don't think they would be favored in Vegas, but it's still going to be a toss up no matter which of those four teams they put. Actually, I'm sorry. It's not. They're going to be the Clippers. They they would be heavily favored. Right. Anyone else would be a toss up. Um, funny or interesting stat since the all-star break. You know, we've talked about how bad OKC has been. The Hawks have a better record than the Celtics and OKC since the All-Star break. That's that's as of like two days ago. I'm not going to double-check it, but uh, still, Trey Young, baby. He is, uh, he's making things happen there. And they have a – John Collins is out there. They have a really nice young core. I'm really excited to watch. Uh, we, we talk about this all the time. Trey Young, Luka Doncic, this entire rookie class is, is incredible. Um, Zion Williamson is going to be in the NBA next year. What kind of expectations do you have for him personally, but also where do you think he's going to get drafted in fantasy? Like we saw, we saw, we but we were in enough drafts where we saw DeAndre Ayton creep up the draft boards to where DeAndre Ayton was getting picked in what the third round in some leagues, and so if people were willing to take DeAndre Ayton in the third round, which actually it turned out to not be completely insane because he's like a top fifty player right now. Right. If DeAndre Ayton was a top. 30 draft pick top 40 draft pick is zion gonna go second round i don't think he'll go second round because the first round talent like is essentially like 17 players deep going sure. into next year um it's insane uh and the 17th player might be like russ westbrook like that's <laughs> yeah you know a guy who's gonna average a triple double uh the, yeah with that with that in mind i just can't I can't envision him cracking the top 25. I think there's going to be folks who who reach and, oh, yeah. and draft him high. But for me, I doubt he'd be ranked inside the top 25 or 30. I think he'll probably be picked somewhere in that 25 to 35 range. Yeah. Yeah, my my thought was that he will get picked at the second third round turn a, a ton 
late mm-hmm. second round, early third round in your drafts. I think he'll be completely off the board. And unfortunately for me, that probably means I almost won't have any shares of him because this is what happened with me with this rookie class too. And this was a great rookie class, but a lot of times you just aren't getting value on these guys. The, I mean, the people who took DeAndre Ayton in the third round, in my opinion, are lucky that he's a top 50 player and you didn't get value on him. You drafted him too early, two by two rounds. Right. So I, I'm worried I won't have any shares of him. I might, I might reach in one league. You know, if I play in 10 re- leagues, maybe I reach in one just to have a share. But, um, you know, I mean, if, if DeAndre Ayton can average 16 and 10, be a top 50 player with like no blocks and steals, then, you know, I, my guess is so in eight category leagues, Trey Young and, and Luca are ranked like 62 and 63. They're right back to back in eight category leagues this season. Um, that's based on season averages. Sure. It's and then you have you have guys like Aiden who's ranked a little bit higher because he has better percentages, um, you know top season total. You know Trey Young and, and uh, Luca are like right there top forty value. Trey Young's at forty for season total in eight category leagues. Uh, this is all per Yahoo. Luca um, is let's see what he is for the total forty five. So. It's it's interesting. I think I actually think the success of this year's rookie class is going to inflate, and also how ridiculous and the hype behind Zion is going to inflate his value. Like now, I I think the more I look at it and look at this year's rookie class, like he absolutely is going to go in that twenty five to thirty range. Yeah, like, absolutely. And I don't think I'm going to be comfortable enough doing it because even guys like I own Trey, I I own stock of Trey Young in multiple leagues this year. And he could, in rotisserie leagues, he completely tanked my free throw percentage during that that four or five week stretch when he was horrible in November. I mean, my or not my my field, field goal, goal yeah. field goal percentage. Um, he tanked it. Like there's mm-hmm. there was no coming back from it at that point. I, there's obviously other players who attributed to how how poor my my field goal percentage was, but he was the main reason why it was so bad. And he's he, while he's played a lot better and he's up to like 42, 43% now from the floor, which is decent for a rookie guard, mm-hmm. like it hasn't been enough to lift me up out of that. No. So I'm actually, I'm probably going to avoid rookies next year. I think they're going to be overrated because of this rookie class. Zion, I love Zion. I think he's going to be really good, but I don't think he's going to be as amazing as most folks do. I mean, in college, 22 and a half, 8.8 rebounds, 2.1 steals, 1.7 blocks. I mean, what what are we going to see? You know, I think, I think like 17 points, 18 points per game, seven or eight rebounds. My, I mean, my impression from watching him is that he, I was shocked that I'm, I'm shocked that he doesn't shoot more like watching Duke play. I always think, why isn't Zion taking more shots? I understand they have other great players on their team, RJ Barrett, but like how bad their spacing is and how little he shoots. And I feel like those two things can change when you're in the NBA. He can, if he's on a team, he can shoot more and the the spacing will be much better and he'll have more room to operate. And I mean, this is kind of what we saw from both Doncic and Trey Young. They, they got on, you know, NBA like talented Trey Young was playing with better players with better spacing Luka Doncic the free-flowing NBA game helped Mm -hmm. him out and so I think the same thing could happen with Zion 
It could. It could. I, I do like there are some things I don't expect him to be a good three point shooter, especially from NBA distance or a free throw shooter, free throw as well. That was the next point. It's he's 65 percent this year. He's going to offset that by shooting a ridiculous field goal percentage. Probably. Yeah. But I you know, there are a couple categories where he's not going to help out. I think he's not as good of a rebounder as people think he is just because I mean, he when he gets rebounds, they're usually highlight putbacks. You see them, yeah. Like, yeah, you see them. But he's not like this guy who's out there averaging twelve boards a game in college. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's not he's not Charles Barkley. No, as far as rebounding goes, he's going to be really good. But if 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 he falls to me at like thirty five, I could see I, I'll probably grab him. I don't think I would pick him above that. Sure. Um, all right, two quick topics here before we get to DFS. Indiana-Boston is probably going to be the 4-5 matchup. I, how do you see the things playing out? I mean, is this is this definitely the Celtics? I mean, you oh, you have a bet with Ken. I have, yeah. a, I have a bet with Ken that, you know, essentially I need Boston to lose in the first round. So I have to, have pick, to pick Indiana, Indiana here. Um, even if I, you know, I believe that Boston will be favored, should be favored. Um, I You know, Indiana's finally come to, down to earth. They're 3-7 and seven over their past 10. Um, you know, we, we knew when Victor Oladipo got hurt that their chances of being kind of a, you know, a surprise in the playoffs or to actually put up like a legit scare into any of those top four teams, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, probably wasn't going to be a concern anymore. It's just not a legit worry. (sighs) I, I really wanted Boston to play Philly in the first round. That's not going to happen at this stage. So, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I want Indiana to win, but I don't see how they can. I also don't see how they can. Um, I I think they could go to seven games. I mean, we saw what they did with the Celtics or the excuse me, the Cavaliers last year, and they took LeBron to seven games. And that was with Oladipo, though. I yeah, still, I mean, the Celtics team isn't is I is it it's not as good as last year's Cavs if you include LeBron. I don't know. Either way, I'm just, I, Indiana Indiana without Oladipo is. I would argue that like they played above their heads for so long when he first got hurt, but Indiana, like we've seen with the three and seven stretch over the past ten, like I don't even think they're a playoff team without Oladipo. They're basically like a five hundred team without him. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you're only the the case here that they're better than the stretches that they lost to really good teams. Like they they blew out Denver. But then they they lost to OKC, lost to Golden State, lost to uh, the Clippers, lost to Portland, lost to Denver. So they got a rough stretch here. But either way, I think the Celtics are winning this. I would not be surprised if the Celtics got blown out entirely in one game, like a bad blowout, maybe even at home, like 30 points. Because um, the Celtics, they're just, their chemistry is way off. So I think if you're, if you're, you know, if you're in a state that allows betting, I would not mind the money line on one game where Boston would be heavily favored, like maybe game one in Boston or something like that. Um, yeah, it's the only edge. The only edge that Indiana has is they could have home court advantage for, for the series. That's true. So, but even then, I just don't see it happening. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, quickly fire off our end of the season awards. Okay. Hit me. Giannis. For MVP, Homer. Uh, it's a little bit Homer, but I my I'll state I'll say this quickly. I think the 
the awards races should be like a time capsule of how the season went. Like if I look back on the season in 10 years, what was the story of this season? It won't be Giannis. Isn't is it not the the Bucks being no, number one seed, the coming out party? It's because you're a Bucks fan. There the people are gonna remember Harden and his thirty seven points per game. More that this is something that a lot of the guys in the office never have never seen in their life. Like it ha- the last time it oh, happened sure. was before most of you guys were born. Right. Like this is something that happens once every 20, 25 years. It will be what everyone remembers from this season. I absolutely okay. believe that. Um I have so you have Harden. Harden, yes. Uh most improved. I have D'Angelo Russell. I I, I think that's a bad pick. Okay. Because I there's out of all the awards, this is the one I'm most com- confident confident in. It's Siakam. Like there's no one who has improved more and helped a team more with that improvement than Pascal Siakam. Um there's no way anyone would have projected a guy who played 20 minutes per game last season, seven points, four rebounds, horrible from the free throw line, was good defensive player, but didn't really rack up big defensive stats to basically be like, everyone's looking at him like he's going to be the next Kawhi. If Kawhi leaves Toronto, like it's not even going to be a big deal because they have Pascal Siakam to plug in there sure. and just be the next Kawhi. Like he has turned into... I mean, there could be an argument that he could be on third-team All-NBA. There could be an argument that he should be like a first- or second-team All-Defensive player. He's averaging 17 points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal, hitting some threes. The the improvement he's shown in his game over the past couple of years is just unbelievable to me. I I never I didn't even consider him. He wasn't even drafted in fantasy league That's true. this year. That's he good was point. outside like the top two hundred this year. Yeah. Like not even drafted in most in most twelve team leagues, dude wasn't being sniffed. So just the fact that like like I've I've always thought D'Angelo Russell was the greatest player in the league. So you can't <laughs> That's appro- true. He you can't, can't improve on that. You can't improve <laughs> on that. Uh, it's to me it's gotta be Siakam. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean it's between those two for me. Um I could still wave around that. I, I guess I didn't realize Siakam was averaging 17 points a game. This I, is this has been like the most competitive, most improved player that I can remember in recent history. Yeah, you even have Montrez Harrell in there. You have Harrell. You can have Sabonis. Like mm-hmm. there, there are probably like five other dudes. Like Lavert would have been one of the front runners before he got hurt. Maybe. Uh, I mean, given the way he's played since he returned, I don't. I don't know if that's true. I mean. Vucevic? Vuce. D'Angelo is great, and he's averaging 21-7. He's fantastic, absolutely earned the all-star nod. Um, But to me, like, I think he's flashed this in past seasons. Like, I think there were stretches last year where he flashed this. Yes, he only averaged 15-5, and but what's what's the bigger jump, 15-5 and to 21-7? and or seven and four to seventeen and, and seven. That's true. And 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 being a part of the you know the second best record in the NBA. That's true. Um, I think. I mean the. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, for time's sake, we'll move on. I have Rudy Gobert as defensive player of the year. I'm with you. There's a couple other options. Kawhi doesn't factor in. He missed too many games. Paul George. Um, Giannis, you can consider those guys, but no one has the impact that Gobert does on the defensive end of the court. I agree. I 
Uh, also, as a side, I hear people say Giannis could win MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Most Improved. I don't. No, but I'm, not, I'm, I love the Bucks as much as anybody. That's yeah. not real. It's not going to happen. Gobert, I don't think Gobert should have won it last year. I thought he missed too many games to actually win it. Sure. But he won it last year. So he's absolutely going to win it this year. There's yeah. just no way. And he's he's locking down one of the best. I mean, he has one of the, you know, Utah, when you look at their team and who their personnel is, the fact that they're 45 and 30 in the West is incredible. And he's a huge part of that. Um, and defense can be just as important as offense. Uh, he is a, I think he's an all-star. Um, uh, we're in agreement for coach of the year. Bugenholzer. Yeah, I, I can hear arguments for like five other coaches, but I'm, I'm a little more old school. And maybe, you know, I hear people say that and probably is Jason Kidd was so bad that this set the table for Bugenholzer to be this good. But I mean, they're the only team that's going to win 60 games. Like yeah. the, the year to year improvement um, is unbelievable. Uh, they made a lot of good personnel moves, which, you know, help that those moves fit coach Bud's system and what he wanted to do. Uh, but the other options like Nate McMillan did this exact same thing with Indiana last year, did the exact same yeah. thing with them. So why would he win it this year when he's basically doing the exact same thing? The only like, the only challenger I can really that I think actually deserves consideration is Doc Rivers because the Clippers are supposed to be dead on arrival this year. And then they were. Oh, yeah. 33 yeah. games, I think, was their over under. Yeah, they were supposed to be dead on arrival. And then they traded away Tobias Harris and as like basically giving up on the season. And they're 45 and 31. That's unbelievable. If they had that record in the East. They would basically be there'd be half game behind Indiana for the four seed right now. There, there's just no way they're not supposed to be anywhere near this good. And I hate Doc, Doc Rivers. I've always, <laughs> I've always thought he was one of the most overrated coaches in NBA history. His time with the Celtics, I thought that team carried him to a championship. It had nothing to do with him as a coach. Um, but this year, he's he's proved he's proved something to me. Do you think Popovich or Mike Malone have any arguments? I, for me, at least for Mike Malone, I actually think this is more of a... I think Denver's success is more tied to M Jokic being an MVP candidate. I I think that, you know, Mike Malone, um, Pop, some of these other guys who, who might deserve consideration are all so far below. One, Bud, I think Bud's like on a tier all by himself, and then Rivers, you know. I, I don't even think they're anywhere close to that. Like, they can all be slotted in next to Nate McMillan, where it's like, these guys all did a really good job, exceeded expectations. You know, you know, the same thing can be said of, like, the Kings, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, even Portland. You can say, you say the th same thing about Portland. All of these guys did a great job coaching, um, but they didn't do enough. They, they aren't close to, to Rivers, let alone Bud. Yeah. Rookie of the year, Luka Doncic is what I have. Any, anyone who says it's not as close as people think, like our favorite co-host Uncle Ken said in his response, is a buffoon. It is as close. I just read you guys the eight-category player rankings for these guys. Trey Young, based on season totals, is ranked higher than Luka. Like, statistically, there is an argument for it. But it's Luka. All right, it, it is Luca. Trey, if Trey made his push a month earlier and continued on, 
then maybe. Like if each of them basically both, what you know, Luca won the first half of the season, Trey won the second half. But it's not going to be that. It's going to be Luca won the first sixty-five percent of the season, and Trey competed or barely edged him out the last thirty-five percent. Like it's it's going to be too lopsided in Luca's favor. They're both amazing. If they were co-rookie of the years, like we've seen in the past, Jason Kidd, Grant Hill, Elton Brand, Steve Franchise, then I would be happy with it. I think it would be fine. Um, they both are having historic historic rookie seasons, um, but it's got to be Luca. Luca's Luca's got to be the top. If you have to pick one, I think it's Luca. Um, I, I this is this is the the point where I encourage the NBA to go like like baseball does and do a do a East and Western Conference Rookie of the Year MVP etc. Like have it separate for the conferences like baseball does for the National League and American League. Um, I actually think that's what they should do. I think that would be fantastic. Um, because for every single award that we're talking about, there's basically like that counterpart in the other conference who you can make the argument for. Right. My, and, and I didn't have time to do this. I probably should. I would be curious to see how the stats between Luca and Trey Young add up if you took away their 10 worst games. If you took away Doncic's 10 worst and you took away Trey Young's 10 worst and then compared them side to side, because I feel like Trey Young's worst games were so damaging. Yes. Because he'd go like one for 10. And he basically had them. They were basically like 10 games in a row as well. Right. Like he had, he had that, his stretch in November was horrific. And like he shot nine, he shot 20% from three in November in 16 games. He went 17 of 86. If you take, if you take 10 of those games yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, he had he opened the season one of the first few games of the season. He came out and did like you know thirty thirty five and twelve or whatever it was, right. and it was like I, I was I was eating it up. I was like, oh my god, there's only like three or four dudes who have ever done this that type of game in the rookie season. Luke has been unbelievable. He's getting triple doubles every night. You know, it's it, it's ridiculous. But you are right. If you take out, I mean, as we see with the season long stat totals for eight category rankings, like they're very close. Um, so anyone who argues too much at one side or the other, they're mistaken. Like it actually, it's closer than you think, but I, I also agree that Luke is the correct answer. Right. This will be, um, I think it will be Luca, but yeah, it's, it's relatively close. Like obviously taking away 10 games, those games should count, but it is, it is what it is. Um, well, Shannon, if you're like me, and I think you are because we both relate to this podcast, oh, um, you wake up in the morning with bra- brain fog, I can't even talk, feeling lazy and confused, your job or jobs require you to be on top of everything, but your mind often slows down, your tension drifts away, and your memory fails. Coffee and prescription meds have failed you, leaving you with jitters and a lack of sleep. Worst of all, keeps happening when you need to be on top of your game. Lucky for you, Onnit may have the answer. With a team of scientists and researchers, Onnit took the best earth-grown botanicals and created a -a one-of-a-kind cognitive enhancer called Alpha Brain. It could be the solution you have been looking for. Alpha Brain works. It has been clinically studied to help healthy individuals support memory, focus, and processing speeds, and it's made from normal ingredients found in nature. For a limited time, Onnit is giving you the chance to try Alpha Brain for free. You just pay shipping. If you aren't satisfied, keep the bottle, and Onnit will give you a full refund. You don't even have to call. There's no hoops, no catch. 
nothing. It's as easy as it can possibly be, entirely risk-free with a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com slash rotowire and try it today. So we have some daily fantasy to talk about. You assume Paul George is out, and I think that's a fair assumption. Yes. Does that mean you're slotting in Russell Westbrook? Does that mean you're slotting in like Markeith Morris as a flyer? What, how are you? Are you even targeting that game? Is, are you worried it's going to be a blowout? What's your feel on that? Yeah, I've got I've got Westbrook and actually Stephen Adams um, in mm. in my FanDuel lineup. I I usually it's tough. I I don't always spend that kind of money on a player. Westbrook's at eleven thousand three hundred. Um, there are some other good values to be had uh, tonight, and I'll probably make some changes. But I, I did I did build around Westbrook. Um, Adams is only sixty five hundred, which is a really good price. He is, you know, he's averaging thirty three and a half fantasy points. He's been, which is really good for a sixty five hundred dollar price point. But he's been pretty inconsistent. Um, right. I'm just hoping that, you know, he's coming off a 53-point outing, and I'm hoping that he carries that over. That was a tough matchup against Indiana, and he did really well. Um, I just see him getting more touches and being more involved on the offense if George is out. Right. I'm more of a Schroeder guy when George is out. Uh, 5,400 um, for Schroeder. Um, definitely increased usage. And a guy that I feel like would play, even in case this game gets out of hand a little bit, Um for some deeper value, I feel like, you know, you on FanDuel, you get the one uh, drop spot. I'm going Kent Bazemore at 3,700. Torian Prince is doubtful. Bazemore hasn't played as much as I think people would hope he plays, but we haven't projected for 28 minutes. I think that's completely fair. Uh, and they're going up again. It's Atlanta against Portland. That game is a 234 over under. And Atlanta is uh only or excuse me portland is only favored by three so the expectation is both of these teams are basically going for 115 uh and i could see it happening and so i, I definitely want some kent Bazemore in my lineup Piggy, uh, piggybacking on that sure. uh, i'm actually going deandre Bembry. okay instead of Bazemore. i think i think you can actually go with both and just kind of you know that way you have two sides of the coin. Whichever one doesn't take off is your your write-off. That's your zero that gets eliminated from your lineup. And you've got the other one who hopefully capitalizes. Bembry's just, uh, he, you know, he's coming off a 37-point a fantasy outing in which he only played 19 minutes. Uh, with, with his upside on the defensive end, um, he can rack up steals and blocks. If he plays 32 minutes, it's a pretty ridiculous ceiling for a $4,200 price tag. Sure. And I think... Kevin Herter at 4,300 interests me because I think there's a chance he just ends up taking a ton more shots. I'll have to dig into the research more about whether or not his shot attempts really increase when Baysmore, or excuse me, when Torian Prince is off the court. But I think that possibility is worth exploring. Um, I like anyone from that game. Dude. Yeah, I mean, you that could game, stack that game. That game, that game's great. I mean, Collins is only 7,400 uh, on uh, FanDuel right now. He's kind of he he's been on a little bit of a rough stretch and like he's coming off a game where he only played 19 minutes. That's actually you'll notice when they're when prices uh increase or decrease a lot, a lot of times it's because of the minutes played, not even necessarily about um the overall value. But he's he's played 27, 29, 19 minutes past three. The 19 minute game he fouled out of, 
Okay. Um, so there's a reason for that. He could not handle Christian Wood. He out. It's not even a joke. Hey, there's like, no film on him. We can't scout yeah, him. He that know that was him. Christian Wood's, you know, 60-point fantasy game. John Collins was having none of it. <clears throat> um, so I like Collins. I like Zach Collins at uh, 5,100 on the other side of that game. Sure. Um, he's, he's coming off 25-point outing in 25 minutes. You know, it just depends on what the needs are. If they need scoring, they'll have Cantor in there. If they need rebound, if they need defense, they'll they'll have Collins, um, Bridges, who we talked about earlier, fifty five hundred. It's amazing to me that he has not gone up more in price. Um, he's almost he's a lock for over thirty minutes, and with that, he's you know he's a point per minute guy. Yeah, and um, you know, there's only so there's only six games on Friday, which means if you're in a tournament, if you're in a GPP, you you. You're probably going to need some chalk because there's so few games, but you also should be aware of like who everyone's planning on playing. Like this Portland Atlanta game, like everyone's going to be in on this game. I mean, I the first guy when I just open up FanDuel and I just the first thing I notice Damian Lillard against Atlanta for ten nine, like that's the first thing that that instantly hit me. Um, he's going to be like when I when I make an initial roster build he's just going to be in there whether or not he ends up there in the final is is to be determined but he that's where I'm starting. Yeah, it was basically be him, between him and Westbrook for me tonight and because I think George is going to sit, I went with Westbrook. Um the other game that I was I'm interested to see how it plays out at least uh from an ownership standpoint is Washington versus Utah. Yeah. Um so Washington's like one of my favorite teams to stack against. Because their their over under totals are usually ridiculous. Right. Um, I've been riding Brad Beal a lot because he's been a regular fifty point guy over the past couple months. Um, but he's playing he's playing in Utah, and he just had a game against Utah uh, a couple weeks ago. Only had eighteen fantasy points. Uh, it was a blowout. He didn't play much in the second half. Um, that game, I'm I'm just interested in because. I feel like it's an avoid, like for everyone. You know, Thomas Bryant's been a popular pick the past past week or so. He's in the starting lineup now. I don't see him having a good game against Rudy Gobert. Um, even guys like like Donovan Mitchell, he only had twenty six points a couple weeks ago against Washington. Like, if it's another blowout, and the fact that it's in Utah, it just means that all these guys could have depressed fantasy totals because they don't end up playing thirty five minutes. Right. Um... Yeah, and we see him go bear play really well. I think he's a viable option at your center. Um, I think if we're talking about, I'm, I'm trying to look at games to see which you brought, like games that might get ignored. Washington to Utah, it's definitely one. I Golden State Minnesota is one that I feel like people just be like, well, I'm not playing anyone from Golden State because that's just you know you, you, your value, your upside is pretty low, and you know maybe you play Towns from Minnesota, but like who else are you playing? I mean, Koji maybe. Um, yeah, Indiana Boston is going to be weird. I think my guess would be that has the lowest over under. It does 213 over under for Indiana Boston. The second highest over under is 221. So you're talking about you're giving up almost 10 points, yeah, there. So that could be a, a relatively ignored game, too. But one that, in my opinion, because we just talked about it, should be pretty highly charged. These teams are probably going to meet each other in the playoffs, right? This is going to be a, a very I mean, I think this will be an intense game. And so with that, there's always a good chance this goes over because everyone's just feeling it. So I wouldn't mind trying to get some shares of that game, even though it won't be a popular option. The Charlotte-LA game should be pretty chalk. Um, yeah. I think Portland-Atlanta-Charlotte-LA are going to be the two chalk games tonight. Um, and I, I'm honestly, I'm fine with that. 
Um, I would just get try to get creative maybe with some of the other picks. Um, Tyus Jones at 6,500. Uh, he's locked in. He's locked into 32, 33 minutes per game. Um, I am not a big Tyus Jones fan. I, I don't think he's that great of a fantasy player overall. But at that price point and the fact that there are so many point guards right now who are like $8,700, $9,000, $10,000, like unless Kyrie gets ruled out or something like that happens, there's just not many options in that five dollars to $6,000 range for point guard where I think Tyus Jones is the obvious option. Yeah, I agree. I was hoping I was hoping Darren Collison would be cheaper after some some poor games. Um, he's at sixty three hundred right now, after failing to crack uh, twenty nine fantasy points for three straight. That's a I mean that's a that's a low owned GPP option as a flyer. Um, but yeah, that that otherwise that that range of point guard prices. It's, it's tough. Sadoransky, tough matchup in Utah. Yeah, uh, Rajon Rondo, he's he's still getting the minutes. But he's been horrible. I mean, even with LeBron out in the most recent game against Utah, um, he only had 20 fantasy points. He has He's had four straight games uh, not cracking 30. Um, 6,300, I love, I love the price point. I love the upside for him to go over 40 fantasy points. But he's only flashed that once in the past eight games. Yeah, I was, I was just throwing Rondo into my lineup like every night for like a week. And then it just tailed off and I can't, can't do it anymore. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, that's all I, that's really standing out to me. You got anyone else before we, before we send this thing off? No, that, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um, you know, if you want to get crazy, uh, throw in a Alex Caruso or or a Mm. Seth Curry, but, uh, no, I, like we said, Portland, Atlanta, Charlotte, LA probably be the chalk games. You can find contrarian plays from some of the other games. Um, I think Denver OKC will also be a popular game. Um, but you could find some contrarian plays. Indiana-Boston actually is one where there's probably going to be some low ownership. And yeah. someone, you know, one someone of those, go someone's going to go off and have yeah. a nice night. Um, that will do it for us on the Ruttlewire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by FanDuel. Ken's not here. There's no quote, no mispronounced names, I don't think. Um, no, yeah, no, no train whistle. No train whistle. We'll catch you guys later. We're done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.